You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I'm your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and I am floating on a cloud right now. That cloud's number would be nine. Cloud nine, yeah, that's right. You know why? Partially, mostly, because last night, after an 18-year absence... I saw Faith No More alive and in person at the Masquerade Music Park with my old pal, Mr. Tibbs, my old buddy Jeff, a few other friends, and we had a wonderful time despite standing around in 90 plus degree temperature outside. It was phenomenal. I could not have asked for the show to be any better. The last time that I saw them was in March of 1997, uh, same venue, but inside. I was sitting on the stage with the specific directive to guard Roddy Bottom's keyboards because I was working there. So I got to sit on the stage and watch Faith No More play, which obviously was a pretty amazing way to see Faith No More, but I dare say last night's show was even better the only song I, I would have wished they'd play that they didn't was Falling to Pieces. Everything else, it was an amazing, amazing, beautiful set. They were on point 100%. Played with the crowd a little bit. Uh, Mike Patton twerked a little bit. It was just outstanding. And the fact that I got to bring my buddy Jeff, who was not a fan of Faith No More, but we had an extra ticket. So I, I, Jeff was the guy I wanted to bring, and he came, and he had a great time. Mr. Tibbs, I, I, he had to be there. It had to be us seeing the show, and it was you guys. If if they're coming to your city, uh, if you hate them, then don't go because this isn't going to turn you around. But if you have even a passing interest in Faith No More, uh, and they're coming to your town, and the show is not sold out, which this one was, uh, go. They're phenomenal. They're as good as they ever were, if not better. Uh, they played. I would have liked to hear a little more new stuff, but they they gave it to us. You know, they gave us enough. They 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 did crowd pleasers and they did new stuff. Uh, it was just. I'm very happy right now. Another reason I'm happy right now is I just spent the whole day with the family, which is why this is posting a little later than I normally post the new episode on Friday, and. We ran around to a couple of flea market places. Uh, I got myself a nice new luchador figure, which I'm very happy with. Pictures up on Instagram. If you look up Phantom Troublemaker on Instagram, you can follow all my toy news over there. And we also went to this place called Flashback Games, which is in Loganville, Georgia. 
and they have for eight bucks you go in and they have arcade cabinets and they also have console games set up and you just play all day long so remember back in the day when you play teenage mutant ninja turtles the arcade game and you play for a little while and then you die and you're like all right that's enough or you play the the shooter games here's one maximum force google that played that with my seven-year-old son today maybe not the best decision uh but it's where you have actual pistols it's one of those games and you shoot terrorists and they turn into hilarious red splats of goo we had a lot of fun playing that we got through the whole first level and what else was in there altered altered beast not altered states we didn't watch altered states altered beast was in there uh, lots of classic arcade games we had a great great time and now I'm sitting here talking to you guys. After all of that amazingness, last night at Jeff's apartment after the show, he and I and Mr. Tibbs recorded what was supposed to be the intro for this episode, but we talked about the show too much, and it just didn't... It didn't I was... I might have had a few adult beverages. I was not driving, so I was kind of taking advantage of that situation. So it didn't turn out great. I might use it later down the road. Uh, last year, the year before, I did kind of a clip show with, with stuff that I had ended up not being able to use earlier in the year. And that will probably end up on a clip show. The sound was not great. I recorded it on my phone. There there were a couple of, th- couple of reasons not to use it today. Because I didn't want to preface another interview with the amazing Chris DePetrillo from Figures Toy Company with a, a bunch of crazy Faith No More drunkenness. Uh, so instead, I, I've, I've done my intro now. I have told you now, five minutes in, six minutes in, that we have Chris DePetrillo returning to the show to talk about Ring of Honor and the figures that are coming out. And if you go to needlessthingssite.com, which is the home of the Needless Things podcast, you can see pictures of the very first of the Ring of Honor action figures, and they look more amazing than I was expecting them to look. Uh, It's really, they've done something special here, you guys, seriously. So check that out. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher, and at ESOPodcast.com. So check it out. Uh, The only thing left is to get to the interview with Chris. Before that, I'm going to play you a song. It's a song that you may not be able to get. I don't know how. The Internet's pretty extensive. But Mr. Tibbs, my pal, was the drummer for a while of a band called the Ghost Eddies. And the Ghost Eddies were the hot poop of the Atlanta ska scene back in the 90s. And I have here a song by the Ghost Eddies called Fallen from their 7-inch. It is the B-side of their hit single, Going Away, which is, is a great song. They're both really good songs. These guys were a good act. They eventually got signed to Moon Records uh, not as the Ghost Eddies, but as the Robustos. And uh, still, I still thoroughly enjoy the, the Robustos' first album. I think they had a second album, and I don't know that I ever picked it up. But but anyway, this is the Ghost Eddies, and this is a rockin' jam called Fallen. I hope that you enjoy it. 
first man, I want to say congratulations. Since oh, last, thank you very much. Since last we talked, you have uh, brought a little little person into this world. Yep, little Zach. How's that working out for you? He's awesome. He's doing great. Uh, you know, he was two months preterm. He was due May twelfth, and he came on March nineteenth. Yeah, that's but, wild. Uh, you know, we had three weeks in the uh, in the NICU, and you know, it was a, a shaky start. He was only three. He was three pounds fifteen ounces. And we were there for a little while, but he gained weight rapidly. I mean, every, you know, his muscle development, his hearing, his sight, you know, everything is, you know, he's an overachiever, as his pediatrician puts it. You know, uh, we're still keeping, a, still keeping a strong eye on him, but he's, yeah. he's doing great and you know, actually sleeps a little bit at night. So I get a good amount of rest. Oh, that's that's nice. Yeah, we uh, we still we're seven years in and we still don't have a whole lot of sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I know that uh, I've been told to uh, to not expect it, but it'll go like a, a five six hour stretch. So oh, that's awesome! It'll, Cherish it while it lasts. That that's what everybody says. I am you know, fingers crossed that he'll give me some uh, some downtime to play Batman tonight. Right, right. Well, let's. Uh, speaking of Batman, uh, last time we talked, we talked a little bit about your DC stuff over at Figures. Uh, yep. We talked. We couldn't say much about Ring of Honor, but this time that's a whole different story. And you guys mm-hmm. have just been blasting announcements out since then. I mean, it's. I'm sitting here looking at the Facebook pictures right now because there's so much. I, I just couldn't keep track of everything. Uh, but let's start with where we left off last time, and that's Ring of Honor. Wow, the reception to that. I mean, I mean is it? It's got to be beyond even what you'd expected. That one's generating such a strong buzz, and you know, I I know most of the buzz is coming from the Kevin There was a lot of confusion, and a lot of people now, you know, you've got your casual fan that's like, "That's Kevin Owens. How right. is Kevin Owens in a Ring of Honor set?" Right. And it's just it's just the way the timing worked out. Um, you know, you've seen that I've been doing other podcasts, interviews, trying to get the word out. I try to be as accessible as I can. You know, with all our licenses, Ring of Honor, DC, you know, any of the Migo stuff, anything at all, and. It just amazed me that there was still a lot of misinformation and confusion out there, yeah. but the timing couldn't have been more perfect because this is just the way production happened to be going, and no one had a crystal ball the last time we talked. Nobody knew that Kevin Steen was going to be the top heel in WWE right. feuding with John Cena. I mean, that that first series lineup, you know, and I keep saying it, like, the Kevin Steen thing is generating a lot of the buzz. You know, you've got your hardcore fans that follow Ring of Honor and follow the indies and are looking forward to all the figures, but I don't want that set to be the Kevin Steen set. I don't want that to take away from the first ever Adam Cole or the first ever Briscoe. the whole goal of the Ring of Honor, and like we were talking last time, to get these guys that haven't been available before out there. So I don't want Steen to overshadow them just because of the WWE. I don't want it to be piggybacking off WWE or his career. His career in Ring of Honor was just as, you know, just as big for them as his career is in WWE now. And, you know, Adam Cole and Briscoe shouldn't have to take a back seat just because he's on the, uh, the quote unquote, you know, the Monday night show or, you know, where the big boys play or any of that stuff. This should be, you know, the focus should be on the ring of honor brand and, you know, for better or for worse, that is certainly getting all eyes on the products. Well, and I think you guys have done a really good job of that because I mean, I, I you, you know, this as well as I do other toy companies that happen to strike gold in this way would be putting out ads, you know, first ever Kevin Owens figure, check it out now. Check, like you guys aren't doing that. You guys are pushing it. As, even, even if you go and look at the pictures, it says first throwback figure, you know, denoting this is from ring of honors past. This is a, this is one of our legend guys. And, and it's, 
like I, I really respect the tone that you've taken with it and, and how Cole and the Briscoes have almost felt like more forefront figures. Exactly. And if you'll notice, too, any of our tweets, any of the Facebook posts, it's never check out that first Kevin Owens figure. Right. He's always marketed as Kevin Steen. You'll never see Kevin Owens. You'll never see us tagging Kevin Owens or hashtagging WWE or anything. We want to distance ourselves from that. And it's not anything legally or anything like that. Like this is about Ring of Honor. Ring yes. of Honor is our part. That's our license. The focus is on them 100%. Any character in their line, whether it's a guy that you've got like Adam Cole or the Briscoes, or even if we were to do a, a Jay Lethal down the line or someone like that, it's never going to be check out TN's Jay Lethal. It's always going to be Ring of Honor, you know, Ring of Honor first and foremost. And they've got a buzz going behind them too. So it's not about riding that wave, like I said, with Owens going to the WWE or all this talk about how WWE is trying to kind of take over the indies with the NXT deals and stuff like that. It's about getting Ring of Honor that extra buzz because of the New Japan partnership now. Now they're on Destination America. They've got these awesome pay-per-views. Jay Lee won the title. Like, let's ride that momentum instead of kind of going backwards and riding someone else's momentum to promote the line. Well, and that is, I mean, I mean, talk about fortuitous timing with the Destination America happening. You know, because I've we've had uh, Ring of Honor late Saturday night here in Atlanta for a while. Uh, that I've been following, but I mean, to get on Destination America to be, uh, I, I don't, I don't know what you would phrase the relationship with TNA at this point. Uh, but it's, you know, they're going in before TNA and TNA is having to follow their act, which I think is only good for everyone. Yeah. And with, with whatever's going on in TNA after last night, like Lord only knows, what's happening in the business because you turn on impact last night and there's Jeff Jarrett in a global force t-shirt on my TV. So who knows where all of this is going? I mean, just wrestling as a whole right now has probably the strongest buzz in a while in at least a couple of years because you've got all these factors out there. You know, you've got ring of honor riding high. You've got new Japan kind of expanding and partnering up with ring of honor and getting like that U S distribution on access TV. You've got TNA and global doing whatever they're doing. Lucha underground is amazing. I watch that every week. There's a lot of stuff going on in wrestling. So it's been perfect timing just for the Ring of Honor license, but for Figures Toy Company for us to get back into that wrestling side of the business. Not that we're going to take away from any of the, the Mego style stuff, the retro action figures, but you know, for a while it was kind of, you know, the focus was on the superheroes and the focus was on the Remigo stuff. And yeah. now the timing is perfect because we've got the Ring of Honor license. We're doing the rebooted Legends line. We're going to be doing figures of independent stars that have never had figures before. There's just so much out there. And the fact that I get to oversee all that and kind of help develop that, you know, just like we talked last time about how long I've been a fan and how long I've been a collector, it's now I'm even more of a kid in a candy store because, you know, these are my babies. These are my projects now. And I kind of see what's developing on the scene and I can take that to work and say, okay, well, let's take a look at this and let's take a look at that. And the reaction to those other lines too, the independent figure line and the new legends line, that's been tremendous. That blue minifigure has caught a tremendous amount of momentum. I mean, just the one picture that I posted, hundred people checking that figure. That's going to be an awesome looking figure when that comes out. Oh man! Well, blue mini was fantastic <gasps> to see, uh, and then Joey Ryan. I was thrilled, and Jim Cornette. Mm-hmm. First Dude. Jim Cornette figure in almost twenty years. I mean, that's you. You guys are really pursuing. Uh, the, I think you're doing this in a very smart way because, you know, you've got Kurt Hawkins 
Joey Ryan, Jim Cornette right there in a line, uh, which I say Kurt Hawkins. I hate it when you do that. But, uh, of, of course, we know who you mean. Brian Myers, we know Brian who you mean. Myers, exactly. Um, you know, we're, we're trained a certain way. And then once they get into the new stuff, you're like, okay, that's, that's that guy now. Uh, which yep. it, it is, which is why I still can't help but refer to Kevin Steen as Kevin Steen. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm the same way. It's just, you know, you're kind of conditioned that way after seeing them for so long on TV or at events that way. Uh, but you, you guys are really doing a lot of aggressive, diverse stuff with wrestling figures. And I think it's awesome because they're just, aren't enough in the aisles. I know that's crazy to say with Mattel's presence, but you see, you know, that same product over and over again, and it's just not as exciting as knowing there's more stuff out there. And, and the idea of seeing ring, ring of honor figures available for sale, uh, that's, that's fantastic. And we touched on that last time too, Mattel, you know, and, and I don't want it to be taken as bashing Mattel, but Mattel has a certain demographic that they appeal to, you know, those basic figures, they're geared towards the kids. It's the PG era. So of course they're going to market them towards the younger kids and the older collectors like you and I, the elites are great. The flashbacks are great. The defining moments, those are great figures, but there's a lot of hits and there's a lot of misses. you know, you're, yes. it's retail, it's a real promoted line. So you're going to see multiple John Cena's, multiple Roman Reigns. You're going to see all these guys now. I mean, I don't even think they've had to make a Sheamus figure in the last year because there are still so many on the shelves. Yeah. So with the indie line, with the Ring of Honor, like the goal is always to do guys that have never been done before or guys that could use an update. Even a guy who's fairly current, like Brian Myers, he had the one Mattel figure on the way out. The only way you could get it was in a two-pack with Brodus Clay. And his look has changed slightly since then. All his Jax figures were from the Edge era. So yeah. he had the hoodie on or he had the longer hair, him and Zack Ryder with their different look from the 07, 08 era. So to do a figure of him now, not only is it good for us because it keeps things current, but it's good for him too because I said it before and, you know, talking to your audience now, the goal of this line is not just for us to stockpile this huge collector's edition of action figures and sell them on our site. This is a way for these guys to market themselves. These guys can sell these figures at shows, at conventions, at autograph signings. If you take a look at the audience that we're targeting, the 18 to 34 demographic, that collector's audience, going after some of these guys for the legends like Just Incredible or New Jack, guys that were like more or less mainstays in ECW, that's the era that people are nostalgic for now, that Attitude Era, that Monday Night War era. So why not mix in some of those guys instead of going too far back where that collector's audience now might not be as familiar? You know, you've got a guy like Jim Cornette who he's got a long and storied history but he's still fresh face. I mean, he's yeah. doing shoot interviews and podcasts. It's like he's still up to speed on everything. He's still visible in the public eye. And then you've got your guys like Just Incredible, Mikey Whipwreck, like those cult favorite guys, the Blue Meanie. The Blue Meanie was made to be an action figure. It amazes me that whether it was San Francisco Toy Makers or Jax or whoever, that no one ever touched upon a Blue Meanie figure. I, I mean, Jax did the BWO Stevie. Right. That would have been a perfect thing at the One Night Stand era to do a Blue Meanie figure. Well, when you posted Meanie's picture and said first blue minifigure, I thought, no, there's no way. That can't be the first. And I went and looked because I remembered the BWO Stevie. And sure enough, man, I, I guess, uh, you know, you, you piss JBL off and you don't get an action figure. <laughs> 
not, and you know, I, forgot, I completely forgot about that story until people started referencing it on Twitter and stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, that happened ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, but, but uh, I mean, just just the talent that we've gotten. I mean, the Legends line and the Indie line. I mean, everybody has been so accessible, so great to work with. Jim Cornette has been amazing. I can't say enough nice things about him. And you know, we used to talk to him years ago when we had the WWF license, and we even got OVW footage from him. We used to sell OVW on our site, and we'd get it directly from him once he had the master tapes dubbed. So we've dealt with Jim in the past, and he was happy to jump on. And a lot of collectors had him high on their want list. And I'm not sure if you know about this, but when TNA was trying to boost the Legends line a couple years back, there was a Jim Cornette prototype made that was supposed to be in the series that got yanked at the last minute. So I, I vaguely remember that because I, I followed... There's images online of that. This was... Um, now, wait, was that Jax or was that Toy Biz? What'd you... it, this was Jax. The, oh, the okay, first okay. wave of that was the one where they had like the Surfer Sting and the Hogan in the plane tights. Oh, and, right, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, the Raven with the leather jacket. Um, yeah, Jim was supposed to be in that Legends line as it continued, and they wound up dropping it, and you know the whole Jack's TNA relationship kind of fell apart there towards the end. Yeah. So it was about maybe three or four years ago that that figure was supposed to come out, and they never released it. And a lot of people were excited about it, and to be able to get a figure that has kind of been like a huge want. I mean, anytime you get a Legend or an Indie guy, you know, you want to take a look at you know, how active they are, how visible they are. Sure. Because the classic superstars, there were some guys there that it amazed me that they just didn't really get that, you know, the sales weren't pumping up as much as you would think. And, you know, a lot of faces from the 80s and the 90s would think that that nostalgia wave would carry the, you know, would translate into the sales. But, you know, that's not always, the, you know, that's not always the nature of the beast. So, the goal has always been, you know, get the guys that are visible, you know, all the guys in the indie line and most of the guys in the Legends line are active on social media. Uh, Brian Myers, Kurt Hawkins, whatever you want to call him, he could not be more helpful. Like we brainstorm stuff all the time. He's been completely accessible to me. He's helped me out with so much stuff. So I give him a shout whenever I can. And, you know, anyone who's listening who's going to be collecting this line, buy a Brian Myers figure because Brian Myers is behind this line 100%, and he's been a huge help to us. So show him some love and, and get that figure right off the bat because without him, there's a lot of people that might have been kind of skeptical or might not have wanted to do it. And he's vouched for me with so many people and put in a good word for us. So he's been very instrumental in helping us with this line. Um, the young, the, the, the hottest act in wrestling right now, the young bucks. Yeah. And we've got them first ever young bucks figures like Joey Ryan, you know, was in TNA, never got a figure PWG career. These are first time things like these are figures that are going to catch a lot more buzz. Once people can actually see the sculpts and the prototypes. Well, and those head sculpts on the initial four look absolutely fantastic. And and I think one of the advantages of this line is that, you know, any action figure line, you, you need to sell all the figures. Like, they need to move, and people tend to cherry pick, especially with prices being what they are nowadays. But I think this is the kind of line that people are, they're going to feel like, you know what, I want to support this. I want to see who they can put out, who they can sign, what they can produce. To me, this is a line that's going to be fun to support and collect and follow along with as it progresses. I, I think it has a built-in encouragement to, to pick up all of the guys. Oh, absolutely. Between, between our sales and these guys putting them themselves, I mean, it's a huge factor. That's something that 
WWE doesn't push because they're pushing the brand. They're not pushing the talent. So we've gone in the other direction. We're pushing the talent, and the talent is not only pushing themselves, but it's pushing us. So if you're at an indie show and you go up to the Young Bucks table or Brian Myers table or whoever, you see the figure laying there, you're going to see that figure possibly for the first time you know, right there in front of your eyes. You can pick it up. You can look at it. You can read the back. You could see what other figures are in the set. You know, it's just like when you would walk into a Toys R Us or Target and pull a figure off a shelf. You know, seeing it up front is very different from seeing it online. Yeah. And it's not just going to be our marketing machine, you know, with me doing media or podcasts and interviews and stuff like that. These guys are going to be tweeting their figures and showing their images and taking pictures with them, you know, because these guys are self-made men. It's like what they do with pro wrestling tees. Mm-hmm. They get all these T-shirts made. You know, they're selling them at indie shows. They put them up online. It's like the action figure of pro wrestling tees. It helps these guys get new merchandise out there, markets them. It gets them more exposure as far as merchandising goes. You know, you've got guys out there that are doing shows every weekend. They're doing six to eight shows a month. You've got guys like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega that are huge in Japan. Um, earlier today, we announced Doc Gallows and Amber O'Neill, the Bullet Babe. We've got most of the guys from the Bullet Club coming out. That's the hottest thing in wrestling right now. Yeah, yeah. So it's just everything that we've been able to do so far, and we're not done announcing. We've got about a half dozen more names still to be announced. Oh, my gosh. And that's the other thing, to go back to the advantage for the guys. And and this is not just the case for wrestling. This is the case for anything in media. Once you have an action figure, that gives you, you know, in the eyes of Anybody, not just collectors, but any fan, you've got so much more legitimacy and so much more you, you, more pop. You've got an action figure. That's huge. And I've actually heard people say that. Like I got an email from a star, and they were talking about the line, just kind of inquiring about the details and stuff. And they said, you know, I feel like my career won't be complete until I have an action figure of myself. That was from Talon. That, that was from a star. Yeah. And to be like, that shows me, like, that makes me proud to be a, a part of this company and to be overseeing this project because it's one thing to acquire a license like DC and put out the Batman figures and, you know, Superman and the Justice League and all that stuff and get fan reaction that way. It's another thing to be dealing directly with the talent themselves, yeah. have them give you input. And even Ring of Honor, even though Ring of Honor is a licensed brand we still work with the talent as far as getting their approvals and we brainstorm the series with them you know we don't just go in blind and just walk in there and say you know what kevin steen adam cole and the briscoes okay thanks bye right right like, you know, we, we we talked about it and the next couple of series that have already been confirmed um we do have series two in production we talked a little further about series three and four so we're looking at ring of honor long term we're looking at continuing this line like you were saying about you know people's interests carrying these lines out we're certainly looking at that we want to keep this going as long as we can and the talent will tell us you know hey this outfit hey i've got this tattoo hey use this t-shirt we want to be accessible to them because it's important for them it's not just us saying we've got this license now we're going to make these figures we want these guys to be a part of something big we don't want to just be the manufacturer guys that turn a blind eye and let stuff get done and that's that i talk to brian myers all the time i talked to the young bucks earlier today like these are guys that are just on the ball they want to know what's going on i give them all the updates that i can as progress keeps moving forward and 
the reactions that you get when sculpts are approved and outfits are decided on and we get samples back from the factory, those reactions mean as much to me as fan reaction would because I'm doing something for these guys. Like I'm helping them boost themselves up, you know, as far as, you know, not career wise per se, but with the merchandising, with giving them something new, you know, Joey Ryan's never had an action figure. Joey Ryan put a tweet out that his mom called everybody in his family when we signed him. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. So tweets like that, hitting this on a personal level, you know, looking past being a businessman, looking past being a fan on a personal level, getting to be friendly with some of these guys or working side by side on this. Some of these guys has been a huge, huge treat because it's nice to get that reaction from them. It's not just like Mattel or Jacks. Okay, well, we're going to make Seamus again. And this time he's going to have gray and black tights instead of green and black tights. Now it's like, okay, Brian. What types did you want to have? Do you think accessory would work with you? The Young Bucks, what design did you want? You've got six pairs of types. Pick one, like, let us know. And they get back to us. Hey, we'd like to do this. Is this possible? Brainstorming is going on 24-7. These guys have been so accessible, and that's what's really going to make the line because it's not just us making these figures. The talent is making these figures, too. Like, a lot of the input, a lot of what you see in that final figure – is input from the talent. Well, and that's another thing that's going to push the line is, you know, when you, when you see the WWE figures, you might look at a guy and be like, why, what is with that gear? I don't care for that gear. I'm not picking that figure up. Whereas with these, you know, you're communicating to the, the collectors, the, the guys have input. This is what they want to be wearing. This is what they want on the figure. And that to me makes a huge difference. Cause now if I see a Jay Briscoe and I'm like, what's up with that shirt? I know that's the shirt Jay Briscoe wanted that figure wearing. And that's going to impact my decision to buy. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, you know, they, they couldn't be easier to deal with. Like this is, you know, and you can tell my excitement cause I'm kind of tripping over my words. And especially, <laughs> with, especially with everything that's been going on. I mean, you know, going back to our first conversation, just kind of talking about, oh, you know, we've got Ring of Honor coming out. It was exciting. But now that we're this far along in production on that, now that I know the next series is coming, now that I've talked to Ring of Honor about a Series 3 and a Series 4, and, you know, I've met a lot of guys personally. I went down to Philadelphia for the New Japan shows, and I got some FaceTime with everybody and got to introduce myself personally after, you know, working with them through email and phone call for the last couple of months. And... You know, I was told by people from the tippy top on down, thank you for the work you're doing. We're really looking forward to this. And it just, you know, it hits you on a personal level. Like you're doing something great for these people. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's not, it's not a business. You know, it, it's a business decision that we signed and got these licenses and got these contracts done. But for me, it's just, it's really cool because there's a lot of stuff going on in wrestling right now, and we're a part of it. We're part of like you know the winds of change, I guess, to kind of steal a, a cliche. There, you know, there's a lot of new stuff that's coming out, and we're at the ground floor of it. And I think that the reactions of this is going to lead to a lot more for us. I think that there's a lot of talent out there that's untapped that have gotten to be interested in this. I think there's going to be more interest when the final products come out. And with Ring of Honor, with dealing with them, you know, they're, they can only go further up and we're right there with them. You know, we want to support them just as much as they support our products. Yeah, you're right. It, it is a very exciting time to be a wrestling fan because right now feels like it, it, it's obviously there's no WCW juggernaut, but this is as close as we've been to competition, uh, in a, in over a decade. And it's it's just really like you said, Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, TNA, with whatever's going on with TNA. Which I, I personally, for me, 
just because I was watching the Wednesday night pay-per-views back in 2002. I'd love to see Jarrett back in some capacity. Uh, I don't, I don't know what's going on with Global Force, but there's a lot of options out there and it doesn't feel any more like, and I don't, I'm not going to bag on WWE because I'm really enjoying their product for the most part right now. Uh, but it feels like I don't have to watch WWE. There's other stuff out there that I can check out. There, I'm not, there's no wrestling monopoly. And that's, that's an exciting thing. And that's, like you said, you guys are part of that. And thanks to things like social media with these guys pumping themselves out or pumping their brands out and just YouTube, Hulu, Daily Motion, like however you watch these things, it goes beyond the days of tape trading and you know, getting bootleg comps. And that's how you would see the Japanese wrestling. And that's how you would see the indies, you know, the indies as independent as they are. They're still visible to anybody. You could be a 12-year-old WWE fan, but if you jump on your computer and you know how to navigate YouTube, you can find PWG or Ring of Honor or Beyond Wrestling or any of these companies that are out there and check them out. Let me me go ahead and, and, and recommend anybody listening, check out Chikara. And Chicago would make amazing action figures. That's like superheroes and wrestling all in one. Oh my gosh, yeah. That, that, that's everything we do all in one. Ch- Chikara figured the colony, guys like that, those outfits. From, same thing with Lucha Underground. Those characters, those outfits, those masks, like th- those are badass-looking figures that they could ever be made. Oh man, I would love for somebody to get a successful Lucha line off the ground because uh, Playmates tried a few years ago. With I don't remember what the company was, but it was Lucha Libre USA. Yes, one that was on MTV too. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's right, with, that's uh, right. Mark Jindrak, Mar- Marco Corleone. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, they, you know, they had one line of figures, and they they were they were neat. I dug them. Uh, they were too big. It was an odd scale size. So, uh, yeah, they were they were a little different. It would be amazing. <clears throat> I'm sorry, you kind of cut out, so I thought you would stop there. Oh. Um, to do a guy like uh, you know, not only the current guys, but think of you know. Conan, La Parca, oh, you know, yeah. Super Calo, like those old school guys just with the mask instead of the Mexicals version that we got 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're Blue, Blue Demon, El Santo. I mean, uh, there, there's a, a huge legacy of luchadors that I would love to see, even, even if they were just filling in spots in the Legends line. Uh, just that, I mean, that's such a great, like you said, superheroes and wrestling. Mm-hmm. So. Covered Ring of Honor pretty good. Before we finish up, I want to hit on a few of the other announcements you guys have made. Uh, sure. One of the biggest things is the Hanna-Barbera stuff. Yes. When the, that, That's another extended line that we could go a long way with. <laughs> My gosh. Uh, well, the first thing I think I saw was the Scooby-Doo announcement. Which yes, yep, is, which is going to be separate from Hanna-Barbera. A lot of people have thought that oh, okay, when okay. we put out that... Yep, when we put out that post that um, you know we were going to be doing the Hanna Barbera characters, Scooby Doo will actually be its own entity, its own line. Oh, that's so Scooby Doo cool. will be separate from Hanna Barbera. Hanna Barbera is going to launch with Johnny Quest, Space Ghost, uh, Mighty Mitor, and Blue Falcon and Dynamite. Oh my gosh, that's so powerful! That's that's ridiculous. My gosh, yep, four, four of the sentimental freight favorites right off the bat. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm still kicking myself for not buying the uh, Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt set that came out uh, a few years. Well, shoot, probably 2000, I guess. Uh, I, I'm thrilled that you guys are picking that up. But, uh, so yeah, Scooby's got its own line, which I think is fan. Well, it's a strong enough brand, you know, out of all of them. Hanna Barbera put out. Tons of amazing licenses, but obviously Scooby-Doo is 
probably one of the biggest and can certainly carry its own line. So that's cool. So we'll see mm-hmm. the gang and then have the potential down the line to see different villains and ghosts and whatnot. That's awesome. What about, uh, I, I, well, okay. So Hanna-Barbera, hugely extensive, lots of potential down the line there. Uh, you can't mention Scooby-Doo without mentioning the Mystery Machine, which brings me to Batman's detective van. Yes, one of the new vehicles we'll have coming out later this year. I am so excited about that, too, because last time we talked, I'd asked you about the potential of playsets and vehicles, and uh, you, you'd, oh, sure, someday, maybe, I don't know. And then we get the announcement, not only the Joker van and the Batman van, but a Batcave coming as well. How did all that come about? I mean, obviously, it's something you guys would have wanted to do. It fits in with what you've been doing, but... uh what made you decide? You know what we can do this. Uh, just two factors. One is that we, you know, we still try to build on the Mego of the past. The Batcave is a repro of the '70s Batcave. You know, right down to all the working parts. Uh, same thing with the Aquaman versus the Great White Shark, which was one of the most sought after, one of the most famous Mego sets. Um, and that Aquaman is going to have the webbed hands, yes, which was kind of like you know an urban legend for the longest time. Um, it was just something that we knew that was going to happen eventually. You know, back when we first talked, it was kind of just in the development stages. Like, how far do we want to go with this? Is it cost effective? All the stuff that goes into, you know, building a license and then building the product. Sure. Um, but the reaction has been tremendous. And I think it goes without saying that if the other vans are coming out, we'd be looking at doing a mystery machine and we'd be, lo- do, you know, looking at the possibilities of other vehicles, um, nothing concrete as far as anything else. Um, I said that with all honesty, we don't have anything else definitely planned, but we are looking at other options for play sets and for vehicles for down the line. You can kind of see some of the hints thrown out on the back of the packaging of the current play sets, uh, the ideas that we have, and also taking fan votes of what people want to see because we try to gauge the reactions of everybody and try to supplement the lines in the new sets with things that people want to see. Um, I know a lot of people talk about, you know, oh, why is there a variant? Another version of this, why is there another version of that? We're, we're not forgetting about the new figures. It's not that we, we're going to stop, that we've peaked at a certain point, and it's just going to be Batman and Shazam from now on. You know, there's just a lot out there that we can do, and while we get on that, you know, we've got these other lines that we can, you know, definitely, you know, give to the public with the Justice League Limited Edition and whatnot. And tomorrow we've got a big announcement coming about a brand new series, which features a updated version of a famous superhero that we've already done, as well as three brand new characters. I don't want to give too much away, but there's going to be three brand new retro figures announced tomorrow in an exclusive way for certain superhero. Oh, wow. Okay, now where can we find this announcement? Uh, tomorrow, uh, Mego Museum typically does our Friday exclusive announcements first, but then I will have them on our social media as always. It'll be on Figures Toy Company on Facebook, at Figures Toy Co. on Twitter. Uh, we'll also post photos and images of anything that we have on Instagram, Figures Toy Company. Uh, the official company name is the Instagram handle as well. So we, we've got a lot more coming. We've got the Hanna-Barbera in the works. We've got Scooby-Doo in the works. We've got more Batman 66 coming. You know, We showed a teaser of the removable cowl, Adam West Batman, a couple of weeks back. We're going to be doing Batgirl. Uh, just a lot of fan-favorite characters are going to be coming. Just with, with any toy line, with any toy company, everything takes time. You know, the, the factory can only be overloaded so much. There is a lot, you know, we've got the monkeys coming out. That's another, that's another license yes. that we've got, which kind of steps away from the superheroes. You know, 
the, just an amazing, amazing time to be working for this company because there is such a variety between something like the monkeys or something like Scooby-Doo, like you were saying, like Scooby-Doo is nostalgic for us, but it's still current for children now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's ever present. It's Scooby-Doo's so, always out there. And the monkeys to me, cause I was watching the monkeys in syndication when I was a kid in the early eighties. And to me, that's right up the same alley as like the superheroes or Scooby-Doo or anything like that. I mean, when I, that was, uh, one of the, I, I tend to share you guys announcements pretty frequently, but that was one that I immediately, you know, swiped it, stole the picture, put up the announcement. I mean, I, I was thrilled about that. That's, that's a, that's awesome. That's a great get. And as far as I know, I, I don't think the monkeys have had, quite action figures before i think maybe they've had like sort of statuette type things or figurines but i I don't know that they've had action figures they had like little pup style um kitschy like 60s 70s puppets um but yeah nothing nothing like what we're doing and we've got the three different versions coming out and just like you you i was a kid i grew up when the monkeys kind of got popular on uh i think it was like 1986 or so when they got on nick at night and then they were in syndication, and that kind of started the whole monkeys revival. Yeah. So the monkeys, you know, when I was a kid, I thought the monkeys were new. I'm like, this is really catchy. What is this on the radio? What is this I'm hearing? And I actually remember, I think it was Christmas 86 or 87, and my mom actually bought me, like, the greatest hits of the monkeys uh, record album, which is still at my parents' house with the old record player and a, and a pile of uh, old LPs down in the basement. So that was exciting because it's just something – it's just – Nostalgia fun. You know, yeah. I'm a comic collector, so the superhero stuff, it's not necessarily totally nostalgic. It's still something that I'm currently involved in, you know, in life. I'm still reading my comics. I'm still watching my animated movies. I'm still watching Arrow and Flash and all that stuff. But the monkeys, it's like, you know, some days can go by and I'm not giving it a thought. It's like, oh, yeah, I haven't watched the monkeys in a while. And then there's other days where they're on IFC now and I'll turn it on and I'll leave it on for an hour. So yeah. just to kind of be doing something that reminds me of my childhood, even though the monkeys were a little bit before my time, you know, being there for revival when I was younger, it still hits home and it's still something really cool to be a part of. Well, it's that happy, comfortable stuff. I mean, it, it's, that's what a lot of what you guys do is that, you know, gosh, I love this stuff. It's, it's all, I and mean, the Batman 66 line has, uh, to me, been a notch above really anything in the Mego scale that's come out in the sculpts and the accessories. I'm looking at the fourth series right now, which I don't know how, but this is the first time I've seen the fourth series. You've got King Tut coming out. King Tut looks fantastic. How how do you guys? Because he's got so much going on. He's got the sandals. He's got the several different pieces of costuming. I, I mean, you guys have done a great job of making these things faithful and keeping the prices consistent. How how do you make those decisions of all right? This is the Tut we're going to do, and he's going to have all of these parts to him. Oh, we just know that as far as the attention to de- the attention to detail is very important, and our sculptor Danny does a tremendous job. So the heads right off the bat, I mean, he's done tremendous work on all of our lines. So he he's done great stuff. Then when it comes to the clothing, I mean, our design team, our graphic artists, everyone that has a, a say and a hand in developing that, you know, we'll look at the TV shows, we'll look at the reference photos direct from the studios. Like we want to piece together everything as exactly as we can because you know if you're a hardcore collector, you know, it, it's really the hardcore collectors, if I can use that term, that are going after the Mego stuff. Mego is not 
you know, really a target Walmart friendly type of thing. You know, right. some of the stuff like the Captain Actions and stuff, they kind of sat on shelves. They didn't really do that great. So it's that older audience that doesn't care much about play. They care about play. So we want to make that look for a display, whether it's in the card, whether it's standing up. And we talked a lot about that last time as far as wanting this to look good on someone's shelf. So the care is more there to have it look like, you know, almost like a replica. You know, we make the replica belt. It's almost like making a replica action figure. That's how he looks on TV. That's how he looked in the comic book. We want the exact likeness to come through. You know, some people enjoy every likeness people have their favorites but that's just you know that's just the way it is with any line but the attention to detail you know we you know we we don't spare anything when it comes to that because we want these figures to pop you know we want king tut and bookworm you know whether it's a a minor batman 66 character or someone like superman or someone like batman one you know one of the mainstays someone who's timeless to steal that term again like we were talking about scooby-doo yeah we want all these figures to pop in their own way so we don't just sit back and say all right Time for King Tut. Oh, he had a headdress. Oh, he had sandals. Yeah, okay. Like we'll throw it on there. Like no, we want those look like King Tut. We want that to be the guy popping right off your TV screen and onto your toy shelf. That's that's how we try to steer it for every line. You know, whether it's the comic based ones. You know, you've seen us use some of the comic art as uh, promo images and stuff, and we use a lot of that for our basis for those lines. And then with Batman sixty six, obviously we're pulling right from studio shots, right from images from the DVDs, screen caps, and whatnot. We want those to look as best we can. Now, to to clarify for people listening, because I'm sure there are some folks listening who maybe are sort of checking figures out for the first time, uh, the Mego-style stuff. I mean, that, that's going to appeal to lots of people. But you guys do – you have a Batman 66 line. You've got the World's Greatest Superheroes line, which is the Mego reproductions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got now the Super Friends versus Legion of Doom line, which features yep, likenesses the from the cartoon, which is awesome. And then finally, I guess the comic book based uh, Batman and Superman lines. Yep, Batman Superman. Uh, we announced uh, we announced Shazam a couple of weeks ago. He's going to have his own series. And it's it's just it's so interesting to me that you guys are tackling every aspect because you you just don't see that very often. People tend to focus on one like okay, this looks like the hottest thing. This looks like what we can you know make the most money off of or get the most attention out of. Uh, you know, I, I I would say Batman sixty six would probably be a focus just because of of the recent Blu ray release and all the attention it got with the the licensing finally being re- uh, released and everything. But you guys are hitting so many different facets of DC Entertainment, and I, I uh, again it's it's gratifying to see all this stuff. How how do you split your attention between? And I mean, I know you're not the only guy over. You know, <laughs> obviously there are lots of working parts <laughs> over there. But I mean, it's got to take a tremendous amount of focus between all these different lines. How do you guys all work together and coordinate to to sort of to keep everything balanced between different aspects of the same license? We actually do a great job at splitting the workload when it comes to the wrestling stuff. I'm the guy that oversees all the wrestling stuff from contacting talent, you know, working with the images, uh, me and Tony, my partner, um, Anthony, the owner of figures incorporated, Tony's his son, Tony and I work hand in hand on getting the wrestling stuff approved and working with the talent. Um, but I'm pretty much the point guy on the wrestling projects. As far as the Mego stuff, I help out with the press. I help out with the media and I have a little bit of a say in that, but 
Anthony, for the most part, is the final say on the Mego stuff because that's what he grew up with. I mean, he's the Mego guy. I mean, you know, he's he's got Migos around his office. Like that's just how he always was. Like he remembers that stuff from a, being a kid. Yeah. So to him, you know, he's reliving his childhood through that line. You know, we were talking about how some of these things are timeless for him. This is. You know, whether it's the superheroes or even Kiss, Dukes of Hazzard, Dallas, that's all the stuff that he was raised on. That's all the stuff he grew up on. So he wants that to look exactly as he remembers it because he's coming from that collector group, that age group, that demographic that grew up with it, that has the nostalgia for what it was when they were a kid instead of this super articulated Superman with, you know, 20 points of articulation and, you know, looking like a Rob Liefeld drawing. Like, right. that's not what Amigo Collector wants. They want that 70s kitsch to it uh whether it's you know a pro of the original one or some of these newer ones like the super friends or just the superman line itself so he's very hands-on with all that development but he tells our design team specifically this is what i'm looking for he tells the sculptor this is the picture that i want this figure to be based on this is what i'm looking for so we have an idea going in and that helps everybody kind of stay on the same page like there's never really been a circumstance of someone taking you know total control and just kind of winging it we oversee everything, you know, from top to bottom, whether it's wrestling, superheroes, everyone, you know, everyone stays in communication, everyone stays in talks, and we just want to put out a great final product, no matter what the brand, because we've got an established fan base, we've got an established customer base, you know, the Mego Museum people love us, guys like you love us, I get to do these awesome podcasts with people and talk about our lines, and I wouldn't get to do that if people weren't interested in the product. So we want to keep pumping out stuff that's going to keep the fans coming back, keep that interest going because we love what we're doing. We love that reaction. It goes back to earlier talking about the wrestling stuff. Same thing with the comic book community and the superhero community or the cartoons or, or the monkeys. We want everything to hit on all cylinders. Like we don't want to leave any stone unturned when it comes to fan interest. There's so much out there now on the web. You know, you could just Google monkeys, Google super friends, Google anything and a million things are going to pop up. And we want to put out a great product so that our stuff is going to stand out to you and it could capture a totally new audience. Well, and I, I highly recommend, uh, just for pure fun's sake, following Figures Toy Company on Instagram because I, I look at this stuff and I see exactly what you were saying. I see my childhood in television. I, I see all of the memories that, I mean, th this is my youth. This is my, you know, a large part of who I am. Uh, you guys are making in plastic now and it's so much fun to follow you on Instagram and see like, what's the next thing that's happening? Like the monkeys or like the super friends, uh, announcement. Uh, it, it's just a really good place. And you guys are doing a great job, uh, with, with hitting those likenesses. Uh, Anthony, uh, please pass along to him that his, he, he is maintaining an aesthetic and it's apparent. Like you can look at this stuff and tell like this guy knows what he wants and he knows to, to hit all the right sweet spots. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, he definitely knows what he's doing. Well, man, I want to thank you so much for coming on again. I think we've, we've kind of covered what's happened in the past few months and, uh, no doubt a few months from now, <laughs> you will be back with, <laughs> we'll be, we'll be talking about something. Yeah, right. Exactly. Thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate you coming back on the show again. Um, definitely tell us one more time, uh, where we can find you online and also anything else you want to put over before you go. Absolutely. Uh, figurestoycompany.com is the official website for the wrestling based merchandise. You can also visit wrestlingsuperstore.com to follow us on Twitter is at figurestoyco or at res, W R E S 
underscore Superstore. If you want to follow us on Instagram like we were just talking about, just the official company names, Figures Toy Company, Wrestling Superstore. That's the same for the Facebook pages. Uh, I'm in charge of the media. I try to keep everybody up to date on the new line. So if you want to see product updates, if you want to see what we've got in stock, if you want to see what's coming, pretty much everything that Figures Toy Company has to offer, make sure to follow us, make sure to check us out. And tomorrow will be a big announcement going up on our social media. You'll see it probably around 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, but it's going to be another DC Comics-inspired set for the world's greatest hero brand, and it's going to be a figure that we've done before with three characters from that character's history done for the first time in the Mego line, or should I say the retro action figure line. So some new figures coming in just a short amount of time, so make sure to check it out. Awesome. And that'll be, let's see, that'll be June 26th for those listening on the podcast. It's up. Go look at it now. You guys, you guys listening know. I don't know. It's in the future for me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me back. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Hey, guys. Um, I've literally just read this. WWE and WWF legend Rowdy Roddy Piper died after suffering a heart attack in his Hollywood home. He was 61. Born Roderick George Toombs, Piper joined the WWE in 1984 after getting his start with the NWA in the late 1970s. He and Hulk Hogan met in landmark matchups, including MTV's The War to Settle the Score and the first WrestleMania where Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff took on Hogan and Mr. T. Piper's agent, Jay Schachter, confirmed the news first reported by TMZ to Variety. This is from Variety. Rod passed peacefully in his sleep last night, Schachter said in an email. I am shocked and beyond devastated. Piper had suffered a bout of Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2006, but was reportedly deemed cancer-free last November. The wrestler had also made a foray into film acting, starring in John Carpenter's sci-fi pick They Live, Devastated to hear the news of my friend Roddy Piper's passing today. He was a great wrestler, a masterful entertainer, and a good friend, Carpenter wrote on Facebook. WWE stars and friends such as Chris Jericho and the Iron Sheik also shared their condolences on Twitter. Uh, it's got some Twitter stuff uh, that I'm not going to read right now. Uh, I will say that I had the privilege to meet Roddy Piper at the Days of the Dead Horror Convention a few years ago. He was a gentleman. He was enthusiastic and delightful and hugged me and couldn't have been nicer. Uh, I got to see something absolutely wonderful between him and Gary Busey. Uh, Gary Busey popped up at the table and grabbed Piper and said what a wonderful guy he was and that we should all be glad that we were there and we're glad that Piper was there. And, uh, it was amazing, and Piper was amazing, and uh, it was a bummer. Thanks for listening, guys. We will be back next week with some Dragon Con coverage.
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.